Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, let's start with the Montana Football Hour, as always. It's brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula and the Montana State Bobcats. We knew it was going to be an uphill battle. I think there was a lot of opt- I know there was a lot of optimism and, and expectation that maybe the second time around would be a different type of game and maybe a different outcome for uh, the Montana State Bobcats on the road at Fargo. The outcome was not different. The game was a little bit different, but if anything, it just... I think, to me, cemented exactly where North Dakota State is. And I think Montana State did close the gap a little bit, and we'll hear from Coach Choate on that. But ultimately, 42-14, North Dakota State uh, scored the first touchdown about halfway through the first quarter. Montana State answered on a fourth and goal. They, they They got the ball in the end zone on a Travis Johnson run, tied it with about 12 minutes and change left in the second quarter. And North Dakota State scored the next 22 consecutive points, three straight touchdowns, some big plays, a two-point conversion in there for measure. And at that point, the game was, I mean, at 29-7, at, at to 7, uh, you're not coming back from that in Fargo in the second half. You know, at any point, ends up being 42-14. When you look at this game... Again, North Dakota State goes over 300 yards on the ground rushing. They had, uh, 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 you know, a very nice day running the football overall. And also Trey Lance, man. I mean, I've watched him play now a couple of times. He, he, at this point, at this point, freshman year only, okay? I don't know how you don't say that he's probably past the point where Carson Wentz and Easton Stick were at this point. Oh, he's certainly better than Easton I mean, Stick. We never got to see Carson Wentz as a early as a early freshman, on. right? That's a good point because he was playing behind Brock Jensen. But he's certainly better than. I Wentz mean, he's, he's he's he is 
He is he's such a load to bring down. He, there's no way he's 19. You know, there's just some guys are just so completely mature physically. We interviewed him last week on this show. It, 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 what he brings to this game mentally, his poise, not making mistakes, hasn't thrown an inter- interception this season. Like I know that you're on a on a great team, you know, and I know that you got a lot of great players, and we know how good the offensive line is, and that's all great. He is great. He is great. Just he himself. I was so impressed with him. And, I mean, when you're talking about that Montana State defense, which is a very, very good defense, having trouble tackling a freshman quarterback. I mean, that's that's all you need to know about the type of talent that this kid has. He's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, and I, I had some analysis last week that basically said that the differences between North Dakota State are not as many veteran players as they've had the last two years as well as not as much speed because they lost guys like Darius Shepard who now plays for the Green Bay Packers, Lance Dunn and Bruce Anderson. Ty Brooks and Adam Cofield are not as explosive as Lance Dunn and Bruce Anderson at running back, but Kobe Johnson is. Mm-hmm. He was the third guy that I didn't really know much about, but I was wrong because Christian Watson's the most explosive player they've ever had. Yeah, And that's saying a lot, but also, I mean, he the, the kid was a, a state-placing 100-meter runner in the state of Florida, which is probably the fastest state in the United States of America when it comes to high school track. And Montana State, when you see teams running very simple plays and they're still having to rush through them because they're getting blown off the ball so bad, I mean, Montana State couldn't even run a normal screen or just like a little tight end stick. They couldn't do any of it because North Coast State's Linemen are just up the field. Everything is rushed. On the other side of the ball, it's quite startling to watch guys like Chase Benson and Bryce Sturk and Derek Marks get blown off the ball. I mean, they straight up got blown off the ball. They did not win the line of scrimmage for a single second in this game. They did tackle better in space. Last year, it was power, long touchdown. Power, long touchdown. Now, Montana State did not give up a run of more than nine yards the first three possessions of the game. So they were at least mitigating it a little bit. Yeah. But then they were running a lot of the stuff that that Illinois State was running. They were overloading the short side of the field, making everything go to the wide side of the field, and then trying to tackle North Coast State in space. They got good open field tacklers, so it was working. But then what do you leave open? You leave open the backside one-on-one coverage with no safety. Boom. Trey Lance hits Christian Watson for a 75-yard touchdown. Montana State goes three and out, and then you run – like a backside jet sweep play to Christian Watson, 72-yard touchdown, and now it's 22-7, and your whole game plan is shot. You have to scrap all the things that you were borrowing from Illinois State defensively, and you have to scrap everything you were doing offensively as well. You can't sit on the clock because 22-7 is insurmountable against North Dakota State. They have not given up 22 points this year. So you've already basically lost the game, and then you give up the last touchdown drive of the first half. It's 29-7, and you really have an uphill battle. But I thought North Dakota State... I thought it was human nature that people were sort of underestimating them, but I also think the fact that they didn't play well against Illinois State, combined with the fact that Montana State is sort of a pseudo-rival, these two schools have some history recently, the things that Jeff Choate said leading up to the game, talking about how it's not a, not a fair playing field, I think all that stuff led into North Dakota State, a team that has sort of been dormant for four or six weeks exploding and playing their best. And I left the game thinking more than any other thing, man, how's anybody going to catch those guys? Mm -hmm. Because 
there was a narrative that they weren't as good. They're just not as old. That's all. Yeah. They're just as good. I mean, <laughs> Trey Lance is just—he's right. just a freshman. Yep. Christian Watson's just a sophomore. They only have one senior on that offensive line. That, it, that none of that matters. Their talent is better than it ever has been. I mean, think about what they have coming back with Jabril Cox and Trey Lance and Christian Watson. I mean, those guys are straight up Power Five level talents. Yeah, no doubt. I just, I just don't know how anybody's going to catch them. Um, by the way, to just so just to put a number on it, Christian Watson. Touched the ball five times. Right. Finished with a hundred and eighty-four yards and five or and two touchdowns. It can't on be, five touches of the football. It can't be understated the fact that even though Montana State you could tell was at a physical disadvantage from the very first play of the game, they still had the game at seven seven with ten minutes to go in the second quarter. Right. It can't be understated when you go seventy-five yard touchdown, three and out, seven yard score. Everything just changes. Pff, into dust. You have nothing. You can't. You can't do anything after that. A uh, hundred. I said 184, 174 yards. Nonetheless, unbelievable. And you're right. And that leads into the very first sound I want to play for you uh, from Jeff Choate, uh, talking about how this game. You know, they're a running team, but it transitioned quickly after a couple explosive plays to where they got to throw the football, and that became a problem because of one guy wearing one particular number for North Dakota State. Number 91, he's a really good player. And when he knows you're dropping back to pass, he's going to run by people. And uh, then you got to have answers for him. Well, when you put answers in for him, then that means you're putting less guys out into the routes, and uh, that kind of tightens the coverage. And so uh, that's why we came back to some of our run game stuff. And I think that, you know, I think we've definitely moved forward. Let me say that. I think we've moved forward in our ability to, to compete at this level. Um, but we still need, we still got work to do. Certainly they do. He's talking about Derek Tuska and, Here's the thing that is is the game within the game and trying to figure out what you're going to do. If you got a guy who is just Khalil Mack, who wins every single time, is Khalil Mack, is he getting paid the way he's getting paid, having multiple first-round picks traded for him because he's getting five sacks a game? No. He's getting it because he wins every time. And that means that he is that you are either going to leave your quarterback in a world of hurt or you're going to have to actually take one eleventh of your offensive personnel to add just to him in addition to whoever the offensive linemen are uh, uh, that are guarding him. So now you take what would have been a wide receiver running in a route, opening up the secondary, making space in the field for your quarterback to throw the football, and you make a fullback or a running back to help in pass protection, and you go, well, you got to protect your quarterback better. Well, yeah, but also, if the quarterback's protected, where's he throwing the football? Because they're not blitzing because they don't have to. And that is such a huge shift in the dynamic when when one guy is just always winning his matchup. And hats off, you know? I mean, you heard Jeff Cho just kind of laugh. He's like, look, man, there's, there's not an answer for that, you know? And and then when they became a team that had to throw the ball more than they really wanted to, and they got back into running the game, uh, running the ball a bit, but that, that became a real problem. The one thing I don't understand, Coulter, and maybe you can explain this to me, but, but where was Isaiah Afonso early in this game? I mean, he played in this game. He ended up still leading the, their team with rushing, but they started with Logan Jones, and it was almost as if they were kind of protecting Afonso a little bit, like perhaps he was a, a, a little bit banged up. But when he has had the tear that he you know has been on, and is without question their best running back, to have Logan Jones be the guy carrying the ball for the first 20 minutes where it's so important that you say, and, and look, they did stay in the game early in this game through the first quarter and a half or so. But Isaiah Afonso didn't, 
start running the ball really until the second half. He finished with 11 carries for 60 yards. was actually pretty effective when he got the touches and why he wasn't more involved and the primary guy early over Logan Jones, unless there's a, a health explanation for that, I don't understand it. Well, no, I mean, if you watch their game plan this year, they always try to quote-unquote soften the edges, and that's what you use Logan Jones for. That's why you run some of the Wildcat quarterback stuff, some of the jet sweep stuff that they ran with Mark Estes. I mean, Mark Estes got a carry before Isaiah Fonse. That shows yep. me that's part of the script. Right. And I think that Isaiah Fonse is banged up, was banged up. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, Montana State rushed for 169 yards on 39 carries. Sure. It's not outstanding, but, right. but okay. It, it, but it's not okay because you always have to look deeper into the stats. They had a 39-yard run, a 29-yard run, and a 26-yard run. You take those three runs out, and they average 1.9 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. The, all of their carries but three runs. And, of course, I mean, you made the run, so it counts, and it counts towards the yards per carry. But it's just like the North Dakota game. There's there's rushing for 280 yards and, and really getting five and six yards a pop, and there's rushing for, like, 240 yards like Montana State did against North Dakota. But they had four, five big runs and then nothing. Mm-hmm. They got nothing. And it's just like this game. They had three big runs, and then they got nothing. And Isaiah Fonse, he had... 29 yards on one carry, so half of his, he averaged three yards a carry otherwise. 148 yards, by the way, on the net uh, yard, 169 was the, the game, and they got doubled up because they ended up giving up 318 yards on the ground, and those were a couple of huge plays in there as well, notably Christian Watson's 70-yard touchdown score. Uh, also, Kobe Johnson, a 44-yard carry in there as well, but there was a lot of four, five, six, seven-yard runs, too. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. I want to ask you this. I I think this is an interesting talking point. The... So often, coaches don't, they try not to make excuses, but they also live in reality. So sometimes they have to talk about the reality of the situation. And the reality of the situation is that Montana State, their three best offensive playmakers are Troy Anderson, Travis Johnson, Isaiah Fonse. Mm-hmm. Those three guys combined had a cumulative health of like 33%. Mm-hmm. Afonso got hawked two different times because he just doesn't have the jets. Just you can tell yeah. his knee is hurting him. He's already had hamstring problems before. He just couldn't open it up. And that's always been his knock anyways. It's not great top-end speed. It doesn't matter because he's going to kill you in the open field. He's just going to run you over. But he, he, he was not 100%. Travis Johnson was not even close to it. Travis Johnson looked 50% to me. He did not have the yeah, explosion. I, I thought he looked better than that. I thought he looked, not 100%, but I thought he looked pretty good. 
he just couldn't get to the edge. And a part of that's yeah. the, who you're playing, but another part of that is just the fact that you're not. And then Trey Anderson put on his uniform for the first time in a month, but he didn't play. Yep. What I'm asking you here, though, is you always hear coaches all the time talk about we're, everybody's banged up this time of year. We all are missing guys. We all have guys that are playing half. Almost everybody. Not North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. I've never heard a North Dakota State coach say that. Mm-hmm. You never have a running back that's getting hawked from behind because he doesn't look fresh. Because, first of all, the running backs, that makes sense to me. Because they, they always have so five four. of them. They have four guys yeah. ready to roll at all times. Yeah. And when you add Trey Lance, now you have five ball carriers that are really ready to go. Mm-hmm. And you saw it last year with three guys rushing for over 100 yards. But there's, there's no question that everybody on Montana State was not, not 100%. I mean, hardly anybody is. But Derek Tuska looks 100%. Jabril Cox looks 100%. And so I just want to know why. Is it, is it because North Dakota State's better at managing the scope of a season because they've done it this long? Because I think that's a factor. You don't really know how to manage a group of 18 to 23-year-olds for a 15-game year because you've never done it, whereas North Dakota State has done it every year for a decade. But I also, I mean, there's just so many different factors that go into why. But but to beat North Dakota State, no matter if you're Montana State, James Madison, or anybody else, you have to have all your dudes. And Montana State didn't have all their dudes. And that's a, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an uphill battle. But I guess the question is, how do you get to the end of the season where you do have all your dudes like North Dakota State almost always does? Let me tell you, you've heard perhaps the saying, the rich get richer, Coulter. This is, this is an example of this. You ready? Here you go. Here's the year. Scoring outcomes for North Dakota State. 57 to 10, 38-7, 47-22, 27-16, finally an 11-point game. 37 to 3, 46-14, 22-0, 23-16. That was the South Dakota State game which was a really great football game. 56-17, What am I saying? What's why why am I doing this? Your starters are playing half a season of football mm-hmm. in every season. Mm-hmm. And and that's also why when you graduate 28 guys, you got straight veterans other than the freshmen, because everybody's playing every Saturday almost for North Dakota State. And you go out and you get your 10 touches for 125 yards and two touchdowns, and you park it at halftime or whatever. And all the coaches have to do is just sort of manage minutes, whereas every other team in the country is basically – all starters all the time. It's a dogfight every week. The margins are so thin. The margins aren't thin for North Dakota State. The margins are gigantic. And what that means is in week 15, when the three best players on Montana State's offense, the skill position guys, are all either not playing or definitely not 100%, the 10 best guys are all playing and all 100% and probably at their peak right now for North Dakota State. This is such a strange thing for people that don't look at people's bodies really in depthly, mm-hmm. but you can see just the the muscle atrophy that guys go through in the scope of a season. Right, like Dante Olson was his biceps and his triceps were not close to as big. Montana senior linebacker in the quarterfinals of the playoffs as they were the first day of fall camp. Yep. It's just natural. And it's because you can't lift as hard during the scope of a season. That's why NFL guys, when people say that they're genetic freaks, they are really genetic freaks. To be able to be in week 16 and still 
look pumped up. It's so crazy that that's even possible. Yeah. But did you see Derek Tuska sitting up there at the press conference? He looks like it's day one of fall camp. It's week 17 in college football. I mean, these guys have been going since August 1. No muscle atrophy there. I think there's so many different factors from playing indoors to the depth that you're talking about to the weight training program. But I think there's also just a certain element of the fact that North Dakota State, they keep it so simple mm-hmm. schematically. So you can't, you don't have to worry about putting a guy, like, who's ever the next guy in the running backs room, he doesn't have any responsibility to worry about. Just take the ball and hit the hole. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. I am I would like to know what Jeff Choate's sort of mental outlook is right now after this football game. Here's what he had to say post-game just about the place that this team is and where they're trying to get. The, the big plays are, you know, they're devastating, but, you know, they also ground some things out on us. I mean, I just think this was a better team, and uh, we've got to own that, and we've got to go back and do what we did last year is learn from this and, and try to add the right pieces to our roster and, and uh, look at what we're doing schematically that can push us forward. Uh, we know where the bar is. It doesn't, you know, we don't have to look far to find it. And so, um, but as I told these guys, I promise you we're going to get there. And so that's our goal, and um, we're not going to deviate from it. Once you make the progress that they've made and you get to the national semifinal, there's only one more place to get to. But as with many things, the last barrier is the biggest barrier. And the the bar that they don't have to look far to see is North Dakota State. And that is the goal. And that is where you're trying to get. But I also wonder where last year was sort of explicable in the sense of we've, you know, they had never been here before and there was some, you know, maybe not quite totally mentally engaged because of some, you know, mental fatigue going on in the weeks prior and so forth and so on. And, you know, you just go in against a hugely veteran team and you, and you lose badly. And then this year, when now everybody on your team is a senior, and I realize that we talked about guys who were hurt and so forth, but you're this is the group. This is the crew that, you, you know, has been sort of built to kind of peak at this moment, and you have, and you've made it to the national semifinal, and you're going to go in, hashtag never again. This is going to be different this time. It was a little, but not much. And, and, and North Dakota State is just a better team across the board than not just Montana State, than everybody, man. We'll see what happens against James Madison in the national championship game. I'm excited about this game. I think it's a great game. But, I mean, they're just better. And the, the, how you push the bar higher is, is uh, it's possible, but I don't know how. I don't know how. The, the best way to describe how and why they're better is every game for the last seven to eight weeks that Montana State played in, people are game planning and running plays to go away from Braden Conkle, to go away from Amandre Williams, to not let Montana State speed guys make plays. They're trying to go at guys like Callahan O'Reilly, who's a sophomore. And so, that you know, he's a good player, but he's not Bryce Sturck. He's right. not Derek Marks. You're game planning to go with the weakest guys. North Coast State is totally oblivious, not even oblivious, they're they to- totally do not care of the prowess of your players. They they spent a full two straight series of offense attacking Braden Conkle. He's the best safety in the Big Sky Conference. First team all league, unanimous selection. They were a straight attacking him. 
Armandre Williams, you, you can hardly even block the guy because his hands are so good. I mean, he had 18 tackles for loss this year playing at that buck spot, just hand-fighting guys, getting around him, getting underneath blocks. I don't know if he made a tackle. They were Every time they ran power or counter, and this is not to say anything bad about Armandre Williams, there's no way to mitigate it. When Zach Johnson's coming through the hole at you and blasts you out of bounds, You there's no answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I that's where Jeff Choate says, I promise you we're going to get there. It's hard to not believe him at this point because he has said every element of predicting what they were going to become. Mm-hmm. And I also give him so much credit for learning on the job and evolving as a head coach because everything you could have pointed to within a scope of of a year of his tenure, there's a weakness. There's a weakness. He's adjusted. Mm -hmm. Like when he brought the two drop-down corners in from Washington, they got a bunch of trouble with the law right away. He hasn't gone... He's not playing with fire again. He hasn't done that again. That's over. And every incremental part of it, with the exception of the quarterback spot, he's taken care of. But I just want to know, how do you get to... When you have... Three drop downs from the University of Washington, and you start those guys with a collection of Montana born and bred players who are that, that will sell out for your program, like Josh Hill and Braden Conkle and Derek Marks. And, and you got, I mean, you have a safety from Virginia Tech, you have multiple three star corners. How do you get better than that? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. And look, think about how good Trey Lance is right now. Think about how good he's going to be in four years. And, and this, is, this is the same issue that everybody in the country, I mean, this is the same question that everybody's asking. Montana State is in the great position if they have to ask this question because they're in this game. Totally. They played and lost to North Dakota State twice in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Nobody can say that. There's no other team in the country other than, I guess, maybe James Madison this year if it happens again. Right. Uh, well, it was Eastern Washington anyways last year. But right. th- they can say that, okay? So you have ascended to a very high level. The Montana State Bobcats have. But it's it's just it's remarkable how much it's dwarfed when it's set up against eight out of nine national championship winning or perhaps about to win uh, the, the eighth one in, in North Dakota State. Uh, you know how Mike Leach teaches... Uh, a football and war history class at Washington State, which I very much want to enroll in and take that class. I would like to take the Jeff Choate football and philosophy class. Success has a lot of tests, and one of them's failure. Success has a lot of tests, and one of them's failure. That is a fact, and it's well said. And it's and and I don't. I think at this point, you sit there and you take some time off, and you appreciate what you're able to accomplish as 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 a as a football team this year the group of seniors that you had and all of that and then at some point in the next couple of weeks you you got it you got to start to grind again and try and figure out how you're going to get this thing done uh but an impressive season a great season for montana state uh no doubt uh in, in total overall You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. 
Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Let's get into a little bit of the All-American stuff. Dante Olson, a first-team All-American by basically every major publication, Hero Sports. No, not basically. All but by, of them. Yes, by all of them. Uh, uh, stats, FCS, all, uh, all of them. He is uh, a, now a second-time uh, Buck Buchanan Award finalist, and I think he's probably the favorite in the clubhouse to mm. win the thing. Man, <laughs> there's just not enough big sky... People that are familiar with the Big Sky voting, there's 155 votes right now on Stats FCS, mm-hmm. and only like 35 of them come from west of the Mississippi. That's the hard part. Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident that everybody that's seen Dante Olson play voted for him. But you look at, I mean, Raekwon Jackson, the kid from James Madison, yeah, yeah. And they've been number two in the country the entire sure. year, and most of the voter base sees him play. It is. Uh, it's. It's. Again, people talk about bias and stuff like that. It's not. It's not bias as such. I think it's a bad word for it. It's just. It's just the reality of what it is that you are. You know, who's in your spheres, or depending on where you are in the country. And Raekwon Jackson is an unbelievable player, man. But uh, you know, the numbers are stunning. I mean, when he had 151 tackles last year, and people were just laughing, and he beats that number this season. I mean, you can say what you want about the. Uh, the number of tackles that are credited uh, at times in the Montana press box, depending on how you know the, the, they go, it's a little, it's it's a bit of a subjective stat. You watch him play, and the numbers, you go, you know what? Actually, maybe that is possible. Maybe 160 is possible. And here's what I want to know: the, the stats are definitely inconsistent in the way that they're taken across from yes, one yes. school to the next. Yes. Some are, schools are very conservative. Some schools are very liberal. There's, it, there's, it's not just to say that Montana just pads stats. It, it's all over the board. Everywhere. No, 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 no. And 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 by this is not. Uh, let's get numbers up for Dante Olson deal. This is the way Montana does it. Both teams every game. That's not. That's not what I'm saying. But also, it, also, he does benefit though that he's got six home games every year. There, he, he does. This is actually we can actually do a whole segment on this because it's very interesting. My, I think we are the the there's there's all the factors that go into the fact that so the the school record for tackles before last year at the University of Montana was 130 by Kendrick Van Akron. 130 is a lot of tackles in one year. Yes, it is. And I you know to put this in comparison to compare to like how other schools keep stats, the most tackles I've like Montana State for example is the most conservative school in the conference. So to have a hundred tackle season at Montana State is there's just way more tackles to go around at other schools. That's yeah. just how it goes. But I, I've seen a couple hundred and twenty tackle seasons by Mac Bignell, Alex Singleton, those guys for the Cats. Mm-hmm. But there's also other factors like the scheme that Mon. So my, the point is that Jace Lewis, Robbie Houck, and Dante Olson all had over 130 tackles this year. So they all. So now in Montana history, one, two, three, four top tackles in a season. Mm-hmm. Are the last two years, 
But and part of that is the way the stats are kept. It's also part of the scheme. The scheme, yes, yes. Montana's built to get those guys right. in there making the play. The, take the corner, right. take the corners out of the equation. The other six guys on the field are straight up selling out so that those three guys can make all the tackles. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the scheme. And that's how they get away with playing undersized guys like Jace Lewis and Robbie Houck because they're such good tacklers, and they just yeah. make it a one-on-one. Jace Lewis is not very often having to fight through a pulling guard. Right, He's just making a tackle, to yeah. tackle a running back. Yeah. And th- th- so they deserve a lot of credit. But the question of this of this segment is, where does Dante Olsen rank in Grizz history? And I think this is a really, really, really hard question because very. Montana has had so many good linebackers. Basically, if you start at linebacker for the Grizz, you're probably a all big sky guy. Mm-hmm. I think of the units that have followed each other. I mean, you had Jordan Tripp, JP Conagana, and Brock Coyle. This is just this decade. Jordan Tripp, JP Conagana, and Brock Coyle, yep. followed by Connor Strom, uh, Herbert Gamboa, and um, I guess Gamboa kind of played with those other guys as well. And then came in with Connor Strom and James Banks, and they had another. Ken, when was Van Acker? Oh, Van Acker. Yeah. Right. And then. I mean, you talk, then you have Jeremiah Kose and Van Akron playing with each other with Strom splicing a little bit. Yeah, there's all there's the Josh whole, Bus, Josh Bus, right, right, and there, there, the, it was Strom, Banks, and Bus. That was the group that kept Dante Olson off the field. And there's mm-hmm. there's the whole narrative of man, how bad of a coach was Bob Stitt? He wasn't playing Dante Olson. And I do think if you have Dante Olson, you should probably figure out a way to get him on the field. But also, Connor Strom was really good, and that's who was playing directly in front of you, you Dante want, Olson. You want to you want to have a have your hair blown back a little bit. Just go one time when you got nothing to do, okay, over this Christmas break, and just look at Connor Strom's pro day numbers. They're, they're like they're like combine elite. Mm-hmm. And I realize, you know, this is handheld timers and stuff like that, but it's not I mean, it's scouts are the ones keeping the numbers. It's not the it's not a Montana staff person that's doing it. Right. These are these are guys who are paid to get here and get it right and evaluate guys. Numbers? Stupid. Anyway, that's uh an aside. Uh, but all those guys we just named, that's just this decade. But right. then you have to factor in other guys like Kyle Ryan and Lauren Utterback and Tyler Joyce and Sean Lebsock and I mean Brandon Fisher was a first team all conference linebacker when he was a senior. Yeah, there, and then you have to factor in a guy like Caleb McSurdy, who was the big sky defensive player of the year. So as far as if, if you were if you were to actually truly like make a formula for this, I think you have to do multiple different things to rank these guys. National acclaim, okay, Dante Olson is at worst tied for first because you can't get more national acclaim than back to back years as a consensus all American. Yep. Productivity and, and a buck finalist, by the way. Buck finalist. Productivity, he has to be no less than tied for first because he had back to back the two most prolific tackling seasons in UM history, and he's the school's all-time leading tackler, mm-hmm. breaking Vince Hunsberger's record as a guy that only started for two years. That's amazing. You take in what he meant to the program at the time he played, he's in the top three for sure. Does he have the true star power of like a kid like Jordan Tripp who's from Missoula, who's a third-generation Grizz, who's, you know, all-American, handsome, all-American, nice, all-American, everything. I mean... Of course, he's from prospects up the field. <laughs> he's the golden boy of, of of the Grizzlies, though, this decade, right? And so, to, what does he mean to the community and the team? It's hard to have more star power than Jordan Tripp, but Dante Olson is an academic All-American. Dante Olson has a 3.95 GPA. Dante Olson was a finalist for the Campbell Trophy. Yeah. So, you put all those things together, and his resume is hard to compete with. Mm-hmm. There, 
I mean, Caleb McSurdy was a seventh round draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys. Brock Coyle and Jordan Tripp each played in the league for half a dozen years each. JP Kanagata, Jeremiah Kose, those guys had shots in, in the CFL. So then we have the retrospect of the See, professional. And, and, and that to me is such a big part of this conversation because I think at Montana, guys, guys are remembered as great Montana players often because of what they end up doing in the professional ranks, whether right. it's the NFL or the CFL, because right. that's looked on, you know, because, you know, there, there's, there's quite a lot of guys that have gone on to play professionally, but it's still not many, you know, and you can, you can kind of name them. There's a list of those guys who've gone on to do it. And so what's interesting is if Dante Olson, you know, we'll see what his, uh, uh, you know, and how he ends up in terms of, you know, a shot in the NFL and where he might go or, you know, if it could be a CFL, I don't know. But also that will kind of dictate to people then how good he actually was at Montana, whether it should or whether it shouldn't. You know what I mean? I think Tyrone Holmes, for instance, was, I mean, Tyrone Holmes is as good as it gets when it comes right. to pass rushing. Totally. And then because he never got a, a good fit in terms of a situation in the NFL, people, you know, He's kind of he's not in the conversation of you know with a guy like uh, 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 Croy, Croy Beerman totally, but he was, I mean he was arguably better than Croy Beerman while he was at Montana. Zach Wagenman, I mean come on, and then he breaks his foot three times. Yeah, and 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 it's you know, and who knows what what would have happened with him in the NFL? But I mean, what his his size and get off is just unbelievable, and so. You know, that's the stuff that kind of gets mixed in there when you have, when you're looking back through the funnel of a full football career. And, and you never want to say that, like, sometimes the coaches just don't know what they're doing. But a lot of times in this Big Sky Conference voting and stuff, like, there, to me, there's no question that on the 2013 Montana Grizzlies that Brock Coyle was the defensive MVP of that team and was the best linebacker on that team. J.P. Conagata and Jordan Tripp were both outside linebackers, yep. and they got first-team all-conference, and Brock Coyle got second-team all-conference. I wrote a column about this. I thought Coyle was good enough to be the MVP of the league, let alone his own team. And I think that those guys would have told you that the way he played down the stretch, the two fumbles that he forced in Bozeman to keep the Cats out of the playoffs, I mean, he made the biggest plays in the biggest moments. He was the best player on that team. But then it doesn't show in the accolade. But then that was the thing that sparked Brock to train hard enough to buck the notion that he was too slow. He goes out and runs a 4-5-8 on his pro day, and he's in the NFL. And then in the NFL, works his way all the way up to getting a contract and, get, and being a starter. And so where, where's your drive? And that's going to be the interesting part to see mm-hmm. with Dante Olson because there's no doubt that he's a driven guy. Mm-hmm. But how do you react to being in that environment? Mm-hmm. We, we know him. He's a very humble... He's going to fit in or he's not in the NFL, right? Right. Because he's, he's not a dog. He's not a... Like he gets by because he's so competitive, yeah. but he's not like these ferocious. Some of these guys are crazy. Like he, Vontez Perfect and Dante Olson are a world apart, right? Yeah, but he is a dog on the field. Like totally. when he goes, he goes so hard, and it's it, it, and and his emotion, he lets loose. Well, totally. And it. and and so one of the things that gets lost in the grind of Division One college athletics is the fun, and he still has so much fun. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, just just to put a cap on this. From from a scout perspective, his measurables, and it remains to be seen. Maybe he's just got us tricked this whole time. But from what I've heard, who I've talked to within the program, and what we've seen on the field, 
his measurables are as good as any of those guys. Mm. Is he going to go run the fastest three-cone drill in the history of the NFL combine like Jordan Tripp did for a linebacker? Probably not. But besides that, I mean, I've heard he runs sub 4'6 in the 40. I heard he has a 41-inch vertical, and he's a real six foot three, two 245 pounds. If those things are true, and he goes to the Underwear Olympics at the combine, which I expect him to get invited, but if he doesn't at his pro day, he's getting drafted, he's going to have an NFL career. Yeah. Uh... It's the Montana Football Hour. It's two tell Nuanas. Quick break on the other side. We'll take a quick preview of the national championship that we had expected would happen, and it has happened. James Madison, North Dakota State. We'll also just quickly go over what happened with Weber State, the other Big Sky Conference team playing in the national semifinal. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Coulter, uh, as we continue in the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford, there was another semifinal on Saturday. It was James Madison and Weber State. And James Madison, 30-14, to 14, their victory over Weber State. And again, it was just a, a, it wasn't as dominant as the North Dakota State-Montana State game was, and yet it kind of was. I mean, James Madison was just better than Weber. Weber had no answer, 70 yards rushing on the ground. Jake Constantine, no touchdowns, two interceptions. And there was just, like, there was just no chance... Weber State got done to them what they've done to so many other teams where 30 to 14 that's you know not the the craziest score in the world but when there when there there's no way you're putting points on the board basically against this team the game is is over it's just like yeah it's just like there's nothing they're never going to be able to get this thing done and James Madison is an outstanding team I, this na- this national championship is going to be a great one but what did you think when you looked at that game on uh, on Saturday afternoon I thought that Weber State continues to have the same um, the same weaknesses that they've had for the last couple of years. I just I think that sometimes they can overwhelm people with their physicality and the style they'd like to play and their complete irreverence for playing ugly. They love playing ugly. They can win ugly better than anybody in the country. But when you play a team that has the athletes like James Madison does, particularly at the offensive skill positions, the way that the college football rules are designed right now, when you have true speed advantages across the board and you also have a quarterback who can run like Ben DiNucci, it doesn't matter how good you are on defense. You have to be able to score points to keep up with that team. And you don't have to be able to score 45 a game. It doesn't have to be an Eastern Washington-style 
of play. You, but you do have to be able to keep up with right. them. And my, and it was unfortunate for Weber State that they were so banged up. You know, Josh Davis to me still didn't look one hundred percent. I thought James Madison was surprisingly physical defensively too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that Weber State. Compare Weber State and Montana State. Weber State's in their sixth year under Jay Hill. They've continued to get better. They just had the best season in their program's history. Into the semifinals for the first time ever. If I am Weber State, I am actually more optimistic about my ability to get significantly better than I am right now compared to Montana State. And that's a compliment to the Cats, how good they were this year. I just don't know how you get much better than... Bryce Sturk, Amandre Williams, Derek Marks, and Chase Benson on the defensive line, and you know all the players that they had from Braden Conkle and Jacque Allen to Kevin Cassis and Trey Anderson and Travis Johnson and Logan Jones and Isaiah Fonse. You have so many dudes at Montana State. The one place you can decidedly get better is the quarterback spot. But if I'm Weaver State, I'm very optimistic with how much better I can get. Because first of all, you only have four senior starters on this team. Second of all, only one of those starters is on the offensive line. So you do have to replace Admiral Rodriguez, Jonah Williams. Big losses. Huge. But your secondary was young. They had all underclassmen play in the secondary with the exception of Preston Smith, who's a junior at safety. Everybody mm-hmm. else was sophomores and a couple freshmen. So you're going to just presumably get, get better just by being more mature at that spot. I think that you can – I think that Ty McPherson and Devin Cooley and David Ames all had really good years as receivers, better years than any receiver they have had in the last several years. I mean, they had a stretch where they had six straight weeks where they had a 100-yard receiver. All three of those guys did it once or twice or three times. But you presume they're going to get better. Josh Davis, his renewed health, all that. But you could also you, – you, you could be better at quarterback. You could be better at a lot of spots if you're Weber State. And I think that they have guys that could develop into being those better players, or you can recruit better players. So if I'm Weber State, I think I'm optimistic with where I'm at because – you, you just made it to the Final Four with a ton of room to grow. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, Coulter, is just at the end of the day, um, and, and I don't know how you do it. I mean, the, the, the method for Big Sky Commerce teams and FCS teams in general is basically to out-project other teams where you find guys who, should, who, who are going to develop into guys who would have been FBS types of guys, maybe even Power 5 guys. Yep. And... And also then develop the development part of the projection is yep. to get them to that place where they're meeting their full potential. But and North- that's even more important at a place like Weber State because a lot of times in Montana you're going to get kids that dreamt of being Grizz or Bobcats their right. whole lives. Yeah, Weber, you just got to find kids who didn't who fell through the cracks and then develop them because there's very few kids that grow up like man, I want to be a Weber State Wildcat. Right, right. The thing is though is that North Dakota State and James Madison also at this point. They, if you're if you're just going against guys that are that are s- significantly bigger and faster, like the will and the toughness and all of that, it carries you just so far. And I mean, we all know about the the the, the upsets of what the Appalachian State over Michigan thing and that kind of stuff can and does happen. But when you're talking about year in year out wanting to compete on the national stage at the national level, your program has to arise to a level that it just simply is at, and no one's is at other than those two. And the way that that happens is you have to get better players, man. And yep. it, not even some of these guys are absolutely outstanding players. They're they're NFL potential type of players, but. Having a guy or two that might have a shot in the NFL compared to having multiple draft picks annually 
for guys who were who are apt, who are actually declining FBS and even Power Five offers to play at your school. I mean, that happens at North Dakota State. It does not happen anywhere else. Guys, don't go. No, thank you, Big Ten. I'm going. I'm Trey exactly. Lance, and I'm going to North Dakota State. Exactly, doesn't happen. And so it takes you to build that traction and that consistency. It, it seems like it's got, it's got to take some time. And you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you you break through that way. Through, we just did the the best linebackers of Montana history. Just yeah. so people don't think that we just live in the 2000s and beyond. Sure. Guys that you have to mention in that argument as well, Jason Krebo, who was the, the best guy on the 95 National Championship team. Um, your guy, Mike McGowan, who was on the in the on the Grizz in the late 80s, still one of the leading tacklers Shout in, out. in school history. Uh, Kurt Joe Sch- Pack, Mike I mean, McGowan. Kurt Schilling was a guy that went made it to the NFL as mm-hmm. well. So uh, there, there's other guys in the conversation no as doubt. well. No, I, I mean it's 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 a list that's very very long, which is why it's an interesting conversation because if it, Dante Olson at any other school is just signed, sealed, delivered, probably the best ever, or certainly you know top three in Montana. There's a, there's a lot of guys who've come come through uh, Missoula. There you go. It's the Montana Football Hour. It's presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. We appreciate everybody participating with us. We'll have one more of these before the end of the year. It'll be a recap of the season for both Montana and Montana State primarily as we take a look on next Monday, which will be our next show a week from today. Uh, We will be back on the air uh, for you on December the 30th. Okay, so uh, appreciate everybody who's participated in this, and it's uh, always fun to do this from I mean, my goodness, the 1st of August all the way through. Uh, in fact, the, the 1st of July, we really start this thing, the Montana Football Hour, in July and, and run through with uh, the uh, football days over in Spokane. So uh, it's uh, always a good time and still a great time of year, man. It's bowl season for crying out loud, Culture. How could you not be happy about that? Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 